Hi everyone, I'm Henna. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Failing Point Podcast. I think for a lot of women and entrepreneurs in general, we're expected to be perfect, to go out there with everything sorted, to know exactly who we are, what we do and who we help, to make thousands of dollars, you know, to quit our day jobs, um, you know, be living the dream, like going on family holidays, speaking on stage, writing those books, getting all those Amazon reviews. We have so much pressure to be amazing all the time. And when we think about it, you know, if we reflect back on our nine to five jobs, you know, some days we didn't go very well. Some days the business lost money. You know, some days um, clients walked away and didn't want to work with you. Failing Point is a podcast about entrepreneurship, about seeing challenges as opportunities and failures as steps to success. With a lineup of inspiring entrepreneurs sharing their hardships of their journeys and the lessons they've learned, we are ready to challenge the status quo of Finnish business culture. We all have a story to tell. Now it's time for Brave Talk. Hello everyone. This is Julia from Failing Point. Today's guest is the remarkable businesswoman Rachel Kuship. She has dedicated her career to helping other female entrepreneurs succeed. She makes other businesswomen bloom. Rachel is one of those people who can learn from the setbacks and turn them into a win. It's all about your mindset and attitude, and this woman knows how to build them up. So just sit back, relax, and listen. Rachel Kusip, welcome to our Failing Point podcast. Hi, it's great to be here. You are a copywriter, business coach, marketing consultant, speaker, and teacher. Yeah, and you especially you are helping women in their businesses and in their lives. So can you tell us more about what you do and what is your business all about? Sure. Well, yeah, you're right. I'm a typical millennial business owner, which means I do a whole bunch of different things and I combine them together to provide a unique service. So I help women um, and women-led businesses be seen and heard in a way that feels right to them. And what that really means is that I use all of my skill set to help women build businesses they love, um, to live lives they want to live, and to show up in the world in a way that doesn't follow fads, that feels true to them, and that makes them feel confident and have clarity around you know, the work they want to do and the impact they want to have in the world. Uh, what kind of challenges and problems do they usually have? So often when women uh, come to me, they've, they've started their business, they have a rough idea, you know, perhaps as an example, they're a writer and they want to write books or they want to share their thoughts and feelings on a blog. And, you know, they've got a bit of an audience, they're going well, but they're just not getting the impact that they want. A lot of them want to actually start a business, turn it from, you know, a side hustle or a side job into a full-time um, job so they can leave their day job and run their business and for that to take up all of their time. But often they find that they're just not getting the impact they want. So perhaps that's um, to do with money or perhaps to ex- exposure or a large enough community. So they come to me and then we work together to put strategies in place so they can achieve um, the business goals that they want. Sounds great. 
and you live in Melbourne, Australia. That's right. Yes, that's correct. But you work anywhere in the world. Yeah. Have, so mm. yeah. So my business is location. Um, yeah, independent. So yeah, I spend a lot of time working uh, with clients all around the world. I travel for internationally two to three months of the year, um, and I also spend a lot of time um, in my hometown where I was born, which is Hobart. Um, in Tasmania, in Australia. Oh wow! So, how did you become an entrepreneur? Um, I love this question because I love asking it myself. I think every person comes to running their own business to being an entrepreneur in a different way. Um, for me, I was always interested in business, so I have a, a business management degree as well as a journalism degree and a master's in international uh, development, so social justice issues. So I was always fascinated with business. Um, I've always sort of sat on the business side of all of the organizations I've worked for. Um, and about six years ago, it got to a point where I felt like I wasn't able to you know, learn and grow and explore the things I wanted to um, in a nine-to-five role. So my dream was always to become you know, a marketing or communications manager and then a director. Um, but I found that working nine to five job was for me just really limiting. I couldn't work with multiple clients at once. I couldn't follow my creative sort of passions and pursuits, like, you know, writing my memoir, which I'm doing at the moment and all of those kind of things. So that's actually what's, you know, encouraged me to go out and to start trying to uh, run my own business. So I, I started off doing pretty much the same as what I was doing um, in uh, work normally. And it's only recently that I've kind of moved out and started to really shape the type of work that I want to do in my own business. But I, I hear this story all the time. It's often from um, a place of wanting more or questioning the way that we live our lives in the first place. That in, I think inspires a lot of um, entrepreneurs and women in particular to start their own business. Uh, when you started, what was the most challenging thing? So I think um, for a lot of entrepreneurs, there's so many options now, which is great, right? Because you can start a business doing um, what you want or what you love. You can try a whole bunch of things. But often I think we get bogged down in the choices. They're just way too many choices. And we find that uh, a lot of um, entrepreneurs, me included, were trying things but not getting the impact um, that I wanted because I was trying them out, didn't love them, wasn't quite sure. And I started, you know, not doing a few things um, after a few weeks. And then I was like, oh, look, it's not working for me. And then I would just jump on to the new next thing. And I think that's a big problem with entrepreneurs at the moment. So that's why I help uh, women decide what actually works for them and choosing a few things that really resonate and getting the impact that way, as opposed to spreading yourself thin, trying to do all the things. Yeah. And like you said, there are so many different things entrepreneurs must do in, in a daily basis. So how do you uh, advise your clients, for instance, how can we uh, concentrate on so many things at the same time? Well, I think, to be honest, you just can't. So I still do a lot of things in my business. I'm a one-woman show and I want to keep it that way. And so I think my advice to a lot of women is to figure out, you know, like the difference between what you can do versus what you should do. And you need to also consider um, things like time, you know, energy, money. So as an example, you know, building a website, sure, I could do it, but it might take me 50 hours or I could pay my web developer a few thousand Australian dollars and they could get it done 
you know, in half that amount of time. And then I could be selling and I could make so much more money if my website was live or I could do it myself. So I think for a lot of entrepreneurs um, and women in particular, we try and do all of the things because that's what we've been taught to do. And often that's the role that we have in our nine to five job where we do everything from admin to organizing meetings, you know, finance, um, budgeting, marketing, um, you know, the works. And that's probably not the best use of your time and the best way to approach uh, business, in my opinion, if you want to be successful um, and not basically work 80 hours a week. Um, so my advice is to figure out, you know, what things you want to do and you're good at versus where you actually going to should be spending most of your time in terms of energy and money. Mm, that's great. Um, what uh, have been your biggest mistakes in business? The majority of my days started to blend into a one. Um, I was working really, really hard and I was working, you know, 10-hour days and it got to probably about five or six weeks in and I realized that, like, I was hardly even speaking to anyone. And I, yeah, I naturally love being around people, talking all the time, especially being a communications professional. Um, you know, most of us are talkers. And so I realized I was just not surrounding myself Um, with people and particularly people who understood the journey that I was on. And so I got to the point where I was really a little bit burnt, burnt out, quite lonely, and was looking for advice and people to chat to and then realized I didn't have those people in my life um, and so I could get the support I needed. So I had like a loving partner and friends, but as you both might know, you know, it's not the same um, when, you know, trying to talk about clients and budgeting, etc. So I had to go out and start building up my community of like-minded women um, that I can call on. And now that I have that, now that I have my business besties, I realize how like valuable they are and it would have made things a lot easier and I could have um, made decisions probably a little bit quicker and maybe with um, less stress and heartache if I had other people to talk through things with. Oh yeah, um, we, I, I know we live in different countries, but how did you find those people around you? Because um, I totally can relate to you of the feelings of loneliness and doing too much work and not tell about it to anyone. So how did you find those people around you? Sometimes it's good to think outside the box because I think of a lot of business owners like us who are location independent, who are really doing purpose-driven work, aren't always sitting online. And I think our immediate reaction is to go online and sit in online groups, which are great, don't get me wrong. But I really needed that face-to-face -face mm. interpersonal relationships, which um, I'm sure you both agree are really valuable. Um, I wanted to be able to talk to someone on the phone, um, all of those kind of things. So I actually search for for my community offline and it works well with me because the people I want to connect with have the same values of, as me and they're really valuing face-to-face um, -face relationships too. So it worked out well um, for me. So you can do that when you travel overseas. You can go to co-working spaces. I always put calls out to friends saying like, hey, I'll be in Bangkok from these dates. Who do you know? Um, I did that about a year and a half ago and I met with like 10 different writers and business owners and that's been amazing as well. So you can you can do a whole bunch of things to find your community. Okay. So basically entrepreneurs need a lot of support. What do you think that if you wouldn't like find those people, what would have happened? So I think I would have just taken some time out of my business to recuperate and I suppose reevaluate. Um, 
how I wanted to run my business and why, because I, I realized through the process that I really needed a community that I wouldn't have given up my business, but something needed to give. I couldn't lean on my partner and take on the burden of running a business all by myself anymore. Uh, if we go back to the failures in business, if you think about your clients and yourself, what is people's feelings about failures? How do, how do they see those? Sure. Well, I mean, I personally think failures are a part of the process. And I also think if you learn from different experiences, whether it's in life or business, it's not really a failure. Like sometimes things don't go as planned. Sometimes things take a bit longer or, um, you know, those kind of things. I, I think it's actually good to test and learn. I think for a lot of women and entrepreneurs in general, we're expected to be perfect, to go out there with everything sorted, to know exactly who we are, what we do and who we help, to make thousands of dollars, you know, to quit our day jobs, um, mm -hmm. you know, to be living the dream, like going on family holidays, speaking on stage, writing those books, getting all those Amazon reviews. We have so much pressure to be amazing all the time. And when we think about it, you know, if we reflect back on our nine to five jobs, you know, some days we didn't go very well. Some days the business lost money. You know, some days um, clients walked away and didn't want to work with you. And I don't think we took it to heart quite as much as what we do when it's our own business. We put all of our value, our self-esteem, um, our belief, our self-worth on our business. And then I think what also drives that, like I said, is perfectionism. And then when things don't go well, like you said, you know, we feel a lot of shame and we blame ourselves and we tell ourselves we aren't good enough. Um, you know, we can't do this. You know, we look out externally and wonder why we're not achieving the success um, that supposedly others are. And I think it really comes from a place of internal um, conflict that if we actually thought about it rationally and logically, Um, or if we talk to another friend who was a business owner, we'd realize that they're struggling with exactly the same issues and fears and problems. Um, and that, you know, making mistakes or, um, learning from, you know, an event launch that doesn't go particularly well, um, et cetera, is actually really important if you take away something from those experiences and then put them back into the business and to give you more confidence and clarity in what you do then you'll realize that's just a process. You've probably seen all of the pictures, the memes on the internet, um, you know, with squiggly lines and, you know, bombs exploding and people being sad and happy in 10 seconds when running a business. And I mean, that's why we're on this journey because we, we love that experience, but it's funny because when we hit the lows, we question everything. And then when we hit the highs, um, you know, we're so excited and we're reminded of why we're doing this. I think, We need to put things in place to remind ourselves, even on the bad days, why we're running our business, you know, what we're trying to achieve and the lifestyle we're trying to live. So basically, it's very important to share those stories. Definitely. I think more people uh, could benefit from people sharing stories. I'm quite, I know you both are as well. We, we value honesty, authenticity. We value storytelling. And I know that I'm quite open with my experiences and a lot of people have come to me and thank me for that. And I know my clients definitely appreciate my openness um, and candor in the way that I run my business. But often I look around to, you know, perhaps my peers or people who are a few steps ahead of me in business. And I wish that they were just as open and honest themselves. Mm. But I feel like a lot of them 
aren't. And I feel like the more successful you get, and I'm saying successful in air quotes, whatever, you know, that means maybe it's a huge community, you know, book tours, etc. I feel like we become less honest and open about our journey because we become more afraid that people will attack us or see some flaw or pull us down. So I think for many of us, and I know me included, I'm actually more like scared or succeeding than I am of failing. Mm. That's very nicely put. I think like you are right on that. Um, as a business coach, you must have heard so many stories um, from your clients before they started the business. Um, what happened them before they started the business and how that affects the business today. Yeah, definitely. I think personal experiences and the reasons why people start businesses, um, you know, reasons why they want to help certain people or do things a certain way definitely um, impacts, you know, the business they run, the choices they make and the success they have. I know me personally, I value freedom. Um, So, you know, having a location independent business, being able to make the choices that suit me. So if I'm not feeling well, you know, I'll take a day off. Um, You know, if I want to go see family and be with loved ones, if I feel like I need that connection, I'll do that. If I want to travel to, um, you know, open my mind so I can be more creative because that's a process that I often go through for my creativity, I can do that. And so that was one of the driving um, forces for me personally to start my business because, like I said, I felt – quite trapped in the office um, and I felt like a lot of my choices had been taken away from me. And I know a lot of other women um, in particular really want to start sort of purpose-driven businesses and often it comes from a place or a problem that they see happening every day to themselves or loved ones that they want to fix and they look around and ask society, um, you know, why they aren't doing anything about this problem. Um, And then they think, well, you know, if not like – me, then who? And so then I set off to start their business. And I think there's something really um, beautiful about that. And obviously a lot of other people start their businesses through financial um, reasons. Perhaps they're a stay-at-home mum or they're trying to get some extra income so they can purchase a house or anything like that. So it's been really interesting to hear people's experiences and what led them to start a business. Uh, you have a very interesting past Uh, You have been homeless for a while. Can you open about that? Yeah, and and how did that affect your business later on? Sure. Um, Yeah, so you're correct in saying I was homeless. So I was homeless um, for about three to six months um, when I was 17 with my 15-year-old brother. Um, Yeah, I often... Uh, quite open again about my personal journey and even more so uh, recently I talk a lot about um, experiencing childhood trauma and how I'm now trying to overcome it and actually use my experiences in childhood to propel me forward to help me make really good decisions on the way that I want to live my life and the business I want to run. So again it comes back to decisions around like um, freedom and my need to be able to make choices and to move around to not feel like I'm locked in one place definitely stems from um, childhood trauma and being homeless. Although I love having a home and a safe space, 
I, um, I often still have one foot out the door, the need to be able to move and do different things if I choose. I guess it's a bit of a um, safety blanket, which is why perhaps running my business the way I do and setting up my business the way I have um, has worked so well for me. But I think my personal experience shows me, um, you know, what's really important to people at the end of the day and it is things, you know, as corny as it sounds, like love and trust, um, you know, um, I suppose like freedom, flexibility, being able to be curious, explore your creative passions, all of that, those kind of things. So that's, they're all the things that I value personally and that I've inbuilt them into my business. And now I try and help other people um, run successful but ethical businesses and also ones that are true to them. So if they value a certain thing, it could be the opposite to me. But as long as they're building a business that suits them, I'm happy to support them in that. Mm, that's great. Um, about the homelessness, um, because there could be when, whenever being in a uh, not that nice situation, there can be feeling of worthlessness, invisibleness, feeling same. Did you have any kind of those feelings? Um, yeah, I definitely felt them. Uh, as a child and well into my teenage years. Um, I think if I'm honest, I've been fortunate in my ability to take a lot of those, I'm going to say negative emotions. I don't mean they're bad, but, you know, emotions that don't necessarily make us feel good. And I've been able to use them um, to propel me forward. So I would often as a child and in teenage years feel um, quite ashamed of my background, of my family, um, I wasn't uh, completely like poor or anything like that, but I was um, slightly disadvantaged. You know, didn't have the nicest clothes. Um, you know, I wasn't up with all the trends. I didn't have the nice uh, gadgets or phones, etc. So I'd get a lot of criticism, and I was bullied quite a bit around that. So I always was quite, uh, I suppose, like you said, you know, I felt isolated, alone, and ashamed about who I was. Um, I felt very invisible. But over the last few years, and in particular, through my business, I've able been able to sort of figure out who I am and what I want to do. And I found that it's been a safe place for me to become more visible, to try things out, um, to test the boundaries, to put my voice out there in a way that I wasn't able to when I was younger. I don't know if it's because I'm just getting older and don't care as much or if it's because businesses uh, give people a platform, a space um, where they can talk and that people respect them more than when you're a child. Yeah, uh, I can totally relate to that because I have similar experiences about my past. I have been also homeless for a while, so I know how hard it is to build the confidence back after all those experiences. And I know many of our listeners may face some challenges similar to that currently. So what is your actual advice for those kind of entrepreneurs who are facing those kind of dilemmas, how to build your confidence? Sure. Well, I think often when we're not feeling confident, our natural kind of action is to look externally either for validation like yes I am doing this right thing you know people do think I'm great people do like me and sometimes even validation that we need to do more work you know perhaps like oh I, I could do something like that or my product is better than that but you know I'm not putting myself out there so I need to 
Um, and I think that's great. I think external valid- validation and criticism is very important um, when it's controlled and wanted. But I think for a lot of us in particular who've experienced, you know, childhood trauma, so like homelessness, domestic abuse, perhaps drug and alcohol addiction, um, any of those type of things, or just sort of, you know, general lack of confidence for whatever reason, it's actually better for us to look internally. So that's when you need to do work around your values, the things that you care about, things that um, really upset you or excite you. So say if a client says something and you feel, you know, triggered, like really emotional um, or you want to fight back at them or something, someone's pushed your boundaries and often that's related to your values. And so you can look externally for those triggers, but unless you understand why they're triggering you in the first place, it's not very helpful and you're not able to overcome them. And so that's what my point around um, self-awareness and confidence and clarity comes from. So you just need to look internally and figure out who you are, what you want to do, you know, why you're here, what's your purpose. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Mm. And I think it's very important if you have those kind of struggles to coach your mind, so to speak. So meditation, things like that, when you can focus on your thoughts and how to how to think positive and go forward. You also like to speak about very interesting topic about how insecurities come usually when starting to see some progress in your business. Why is that? Um, I think as I just, like I've mentioned before, you know, it wasn't until I started seeing success. Um, so that for me was working with clients that I love, um, going beyond my original uh, salary targets, Um, getting recognized for some of the creative work I was doing, so writing articles, um, running masterclasses, et cetera. So it wasn't until, to be honest, like a couple of years ago when all of that happened that that's when I got really – that's when I started to feel like shame and doubt and lose my confidence. I mean, in you know, in hindsight, it makes sense now when I think about my personal journey, but during – the process. I was like, what, you know, shouldn't I have been freaked out at the start of in my business? Like, isn't that when everyone feels these things? But for me, I was really confident starting um, my business. I knew exactly what I wanted, had done all the work. And so it wasn't until, you know, I'd met all my goals and had to make new ones that I started to feel insecure. And for me, it was around personal values and my past. So as an example, like I mentioned before, I wasn't poor, but I did come from, um, you know, a disadvantaged background. And so suddenly I had money to buy clothes and people were complimenting me on my clothes and complimenting me on the way that I looked and my background and stuff. And I felt a little bit, uh, like I was faking it. And then, you know, I had, I started to question like, Oh, can I really talk about my experiences being homeless or childhood trauma or building the life I want from the ground up if, you know, I'm making over a hundred thousand, dollars and I have nice clothes and a loving partner and I go on holidays. So I don't know if that makes sense to you, but like for me, it was just really um, like confronting. I started to suppose, yeah, just have to relook at who I was um, and yeah, how I want to show up in the world. And for the people who knew me in the past, they found that really confronting to see that success too. So I would get, you know, negative uh, feedback as well as people who'd make for the first time that would give me um, compliments. So it put me in a really interesting position where I needed to, again, stop listening to people externally and look at myself internally um, and see if I was still on track, if I was still the person I wanted to be. So that's why 
Um, I often talk about having these struggles, you know, when you're sort of a couple of years into your business because I'm finding more and more that women – uh, and especially young people in particular who I work with are feeling these you know, emotions and having these issues. Yeah, a couple of years in, it's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, you write a very nice blog on your website, and I have a、Thank、quote、you. here from your blog. It goes like this We are meant to use our gifts and not squash ourselves into a neat box to make space for others to shine. The sky is a big place. I'm pretty sure we can all be stars, but only if we give ourselves permission to be. And we thought that this was a fantastic quote. Yes, we love that. So,、oh, thank you. That's me hearing myself. <laughs>、uh, yeah. <laughs> so, can we talk about diminishing ourselves? Because、uh, we think that here in Finland, we always do that、uh, in general, that We try to be very humble and cannot tell、uh, about our, our great things that we can do and, and where we are good at. For example, someone said that if Finnis can sing and she admits or he admits that yes, I can sing, she must be a professional. Otherwise, she never would say that she can sing,、yeah. sing or he can sing. That is a great example. Yeah. yeah. So, I think for a lot of women and entrepreneurs, if they're not perfect, if they don't know everything, if they don't have the answers、um, to every single question, they start making themselves smaller. They start questioning everything. So, they'll again look externally around a room. And if someone has 15 years and they only have 12 years in marketing, and I don't even know why that, you know, years simply make you an expert, but they'll be like, oh, well, I'm not an expert then, that other person is. And so, they'll start saying things and using language around, Um, them not being good enough, or you know, I'm still practicing, or I'm still having a go, or I'm just trying really hard, as opposed to owning、um, their advice, their background, and their skill set. And so, I've been thinking recently about how we need to redefine what we mean by expert, and how for a lot of people, an expert now should be someone who has. Really deep knowledge in a few different、um, topics or areas, and is in fact actually bringing all of those together and creating something new or solving a problem or you know, adapting and being flexible to the changing work environment. I think that's what an expert is. And I think if you define an expert of like that, I mean, a lot of us, you know, us included, and so many of the amazing people listening to this and who we work with, they would be able to call themselves an expert too. And that they would start to be able to own who they are and what they do and to stop making themselves smaller、um, when they don't have that confidence or when they're surrounded by other people who supposedly shine brighter than them and get, you know, are trying to get more attention than them.、Um, that they can actually stand there in their own right and, and really own who they are. And they'll probably realize then that,、um, yeah, the world's big enough for all of us to, you know, stake a claim、um, in what we do and how we help. Okay, so do you think that we block the success from our lives with those kind of negative thoughts? Yeah, I think we can do, definitely. I mean, I think it's important to listen to your gut, and we're always, you know, reading things and telling us, you know, challenge yourself and push past it, and, you know, you've got to jump,、um, you know, you've got to take a leap, all of those kind of things. And I think that is great advice, but I also think it's important to note. When we do feel a little bit、um, unsafe. So, as an example,、um, you know, sometimes 
some of my clients will say, oh, I'm just really jealous. Like I saw someone get published the other day and I just hated her for, you know, getting published. And I was like, envy's good because it's telling you that you want to actually focus in that area and that you need to change, you know, some of the work that you're doing um, to be able to, you know, to write books and to be published too. And that's great. And I also think that for a lot of people, um, they might not actually have all of their ducks in a row or have everything in order. And that's why they are feeling a bit nervous or hesitant. And that's actually not a bad thing to be like, well, you know, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to run this business or do this thing, but I'm actually going to give myself just another week just to figure out uh, why I'm nervous, making sure I do have everything in place. So I'm in two minds about that because I think we can hold ourselves back when we get locked in a pattern of fear and wanting things to be perfect. But I think if we do actually have feelings of doubt or anger or, you know, real sort of emotional um, responses that is actually better for us to take some time out to address them before moving forward. So we know that we are making the right choices, that we are doing the right things for our, for ourselves in that moment. Um, there must have been people who has at least tried to affect your business with their own opinions. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's normally on a weekly basis, I'll have a comment, both um, positive and negative. So I actually spoke about this uh, recently on um, my social uh, channels about how feedback is great if it guides you, but if you don't let it control you. And that if, in, in all honesty, if I taken on every piece of feedback, like good and bad over the last six years, I wouldn't be where I am today. Like I just, people wouldn't follow me. I would be flip-flopping around. I would look unsure, uncertain. I would have made decisions that are wrong for me. Um, you know, I so I just think feedbacks are great. And, you know, people will give it to you whether you ask for it or not. I think it's good a couple of times a year to actually ask for feedback from your audience, um, from your community, from your friends, from fellow business owners. Um, and, you know, if you need answers on particular things, really target it. And, but I also think it's be open to other people's feedback. So every time I get feedback and it could be like, you know, your use of apostrophes is terrible or something like that, um, all the way through to like your, uh, your services are too pricey or, um, you know, I want you to do online courses. Why do you want to do everything face-to-face now? Each time I just thank the person for taking the time to send me their feedback. Um, I ask them more questions to figure out where they're coming from because they could be coming from a place of fear um, or uncertainty themselves and are simply reflecting and pushing it on to, to me. Um, and so I kind of go through a process where I get talking to them. And if I'm honest, like every person that's ever been highly critical of me in a negative way is now some of, uh, now they're my biggest advocates because I took the oh, time wow. to speak to them, to figure out what they're upset about. And often it was to do with them, not me. And mm. I had just triggered something in them and, you know, perhaps pushed a button or value or perhaps they're homeless and don't agree with my views on housing as an example. And they get, you know, really feisty, which is fine. I mean, we're all human. And I sort of think if they're taking the time to contact me, even if it's in a negative space, it's because they care. And I want to figure out why they care and redirect their emotion, their attention, their energy in a positive way, whether that's to do with my business or back onto themselves. And that's what I help them do. Oh, wow. That's very inspiring. Yeah, indeed. Um, 
So Rachel Kusip, you are a copywriter, business coach, marketing consultant, speaker, and a teacher. And you have done business in many different countries and you have traveled a lot. If we think about business environment, uh, what kind of environment is the most suitable for entrepreneurs and why? What, what kind of business environment do you have uh, there in Australia? Um, I think we need a culture that is open and respectful and supportive of uh, business owners, particularly small business owners and entrepreneurs. I think in Australia, we are getting better. Like Australia has a large small business um, community and market. And I don't think it's too far behind um, the U.S. as an example. I think more people in the U.S. are um, what we'd call like, I mean, they're all different terms, but like freelancers, um, you know, so they don't necessarily run a business. They just do odd jobs um, within their skill sets to make money. And I think we also need to be reflective on why people are starting businesses. A lot of the time it's because um, different communities, different cultures, different countries are actually um, creating businesses due to lack of welfare, um, you know, increasing housing prices, um, cost of living, those kind of things. And so I think the best environment's one that supports businesses but also looks at why um, more and more people are starting their own business. What about attitudes towards failures in Australia? Do you see that it differs from America's way of Because they, uh, in there they share their stories more often and and discuss about failures. Yeah, well, I think you know there is a few different um, meetup groups here in Melbourne. I can only talk about Melbourne because that's where I'm based. Um, that you know people come and share their failures and things that they've made a mistake in, or you know how they lost thousands of dollars. And there are small groups that are doing that. But I think there could be more work um, done on that because Australia is such a small community and market. The people that do get really, really uh, well known and they're highly respected, I think they do a lot of work to keep up their perfect image. They think it's rare um, that they will talk about their failures uh, quite openly. Uh, I, to be honest, the the business owners that I follow that talk uh, honestly about business are in America. Um, mm. And in Asia, they're not actually in here in Australia. There's not to say it, there's not, but I personally um, don't spend a lot of time with business owners that are really, really um, open. We're still very focused here on, I think, money, um, and a lot of the business owners here and the community are trying to build like agencies um, and large organizations and the focus is on growth and income mm. where I personally, uh, like I said, want a lifestyle business and I focus more um, on like maintaining growth and keeping things small and getting better at what I do as opposed to growing for the sake of growth. And I think that is a clear attitude difference compared to some other countries. Mm. Hmm. Um, as you said, you have a lifestyle business. So um, how do you define success? Sure. Well, for me, success, um, first and foremost, is being able to make 
the right choices for me. So like I said, if I have a, you know, if I'm not well, I'll have a sick day. If I want to spend time with my family, I'll do that. If I don't want to take on certain clients or certain work because I don't think it aligns with who I am or what I do, then I won't take it. So for me, success is being able to make the right choices. And also there is a financial um, aspect. Obviously, um, I wanted to match or exceed my annual salary. So if I was working a nine to five um, job and I've been able to do that for um, half the amount of hours. Um, so that allows me to have the freedom uh, to go off and do other creative pursuits and projects and work with other members of society on causes I care about. So again, that's a huge um, success um, indicator for me because if I was at home all day, um, you know, still lonely and working like 12 hour days, um, I wouldn't see myself as being successful in my business. So those are kind of the success factors for me. Uh, You have a very big impact on many people's lives. I think that is very I see you very successful. But do you have somebody else who you look up to and why? Some kind of mentor or some person who inspires you? To be honest, like not really. Like I have a few business owners that I follow for different reasons and people in general. But for me, I've always uh, looked to role models as sort of everyday people um, in society, in the world. So community members that I meet or friends that I have or other business owners I meet at networking events with interesting stories, they're the people that I look up to, that I love hearing from, that I find inspiring. I've never been one to look at a celebrity or even um, well-known business um you know, owners and to look at them and to be inspired by them. I don't know. It's, it's perhaps like a personal, just a personal thing for me. I didn't have many role models growing up. So I looked to them within my own community and myself. So mm-hmm. I think that's reflected in the way that I look to role models and approach business as well. Hmm. What about your future plans and goals? Yeah. Well, at the moment, you know, I'm, focus on doing better in my business. So providing better services, better products, um, better customer service. So I'm, you know, really focused on helping women and as many women as I can um, run successful businesses and be seen and heard in the way that feels right to them. But on the personal side, I'm really focused at the moment on writing some more personal pieces um, around housing and homelessness and childhood trauma I'm working on my own memoir, which is about overcoming um, childhood trauma and to be like learning to become um, visible and to be seen and heard. And I suppose they're kind of my goals at the moment. There's always the the focus to be, you know keep living like a healthy life and having um, you know a good impact on the world, be sustainable. Um, to always be learning and growing, but they're the sort of main ones at the moment. And If I'm honest, you know, by the time I get to the it's the end of the day, there's only so much I can fit in. So I have big um, dreams, but I try and tackle them a little bit each time, each day. Wow, that sounds great. Yes. Uh, what about your advices and greetings to our listeners, other entrepreneurs that are listening? I think my biggest like advice or takeaway would be to get really clear before you start business or you know if you're going through a change in your business get really clear on who you are what you do and who you help I think there are so many 
things out there that was going to tell you what to do from, you know, webinars to hiring accountants to running a business this way to having that sales funnel that you can get really lost in all of the things. But if you are really clear first up um, and who you are, you know, your values like we've talked about, you know, what sets you off, um, you know, your purpose, how you want to help in the world, what you want to achieve, and then the people that you want to serve, then it makes all your decisions easier. You won't be like me where you'll have choice fatigue over choosing like milk and cheese at the supermarket. You won't be isolated because you would build out of a community. Um, and you'll also, on the bad days or the days that are tough, you'll have like a clear roadmap to follow. You will remember why you started this journey in the first place. And I had all of those things, but I lost them along the way. And I wish that I had like written them down or stuck them somewhere or had a friend repeat them back to me. I mean, they're all in my head. And so as a writer, I get value through putting words on paper. And even if you're not a writer or a journaler too, I would encourage you to write them down just at the back of your notebook. So when you do forget them, you can refer to them. Um, and yeah, it makes life so much easier. Yes. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you for listening to the Failing Point podcast, which airs on Business FM every Monday at 8 p.m. You can also read more about our guests and listen to earlier podcasts at failingpoint.com. And remember, whatever you're trying to achieve out there, keep on grinding and never give up on your dreams. <laughs>